And the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. In considering what John is saying, I'm going to begin with a detour back to my childhood and the well-worn edition of Grimm's fairy tales that was to be found on the family bookshelf, and to one fairy tale in particular, that of the fisherman and his wife. A brief recapitulation of the plot, in case you haven't read it recently. A poor fisherman lives in a pigsty near the sea with his wife. One day while fishing, he catches a large flounder, who tells him that he is actually an enchanted prince and begs for his life. The good-hearted fisherman grants his plea and heads home, for his wife, upon hearing his story, immediately berates him for not wishing for something and sends him back to ask the flounder for a little cottage instead of their vile sty. Reluctantly, the man goes, hails the flounder, presents his wife's petition, and is told, Go then. She has it already. Of course, the pretty little cottage in which he finds his wife does not satisfy her desire for long, and we are dragged through a series of such requests, the husband increasingly reluctant, the weather at the sea progressively worse. But the request always granted graciously. Her demands grow, from cottage to castle to palace, from knight to king to emperor to pope. And always the flounder replies, Go then, she has it already. Despite now being the most powerful human being on the planet, his wife remains dissatisfied. And upon seeing the sun rise the next morning, she kicks her husband awake and demands that he ask the flounder to make her like unto God himself. Horrified, the poor man objects, but is violently overridden and in terror returns to a hurricane-tossed sea where he petitions the flounder with his wife's blasphemous demand. To this, the flounder replies with unflappable calm, Go then, you will find her back in the pigsty. And there they remain to this day. Far from being a story about the punishment that follows when we get too far out of line, the fairy tale is making the same point about the nature of God as St. John's concise statement. The point is that God is not bothered by the poverty, dirtiness, and messiness that human life inevitably contains. The flounder does not punish the woman, but grants her request. For God was in their poor sty all the time, as today he lies, a helpless infant, in the manger of a stable in Bethlehem. The very word of God, who is God, has no objections to living with us. When God Almighty wished to clothe himself with power and majesty, he chose to put on a robe of flesh and to become a man. He did not demand that the world be perfect first. He did not demand wealth and palaces. He simply came and dwelt in our midst. He comes and dwells in our midst. We gather today around the Christmas manger to marvel at our Lord who is not anxious about the political or economic situation, who is not prevented from coming by ecclesiastical scandals and crises, who cannot be shut out 
by our own petty quarrels and personal sinfulness. We do not need to fix anything before God will come. He cannot be defiled by coming in contact with evil, sin, death, and disease, for he is the good, health, and life. This is not to say that things do not need fixing, for there are problems in the world. It is only to say that the real solutions, God's solutions to those problems, will only become visible when we first look for him who comes to destroy sin and death. We can invite him to come into the midst of our messy, confused lives and dwell with us. We can learn to accept ourselves as he accepts us. We can learn to forgive ourselves as he forgives us. We can learn to love ourselves as he loves us, so that we may be transformed into who he sees us to be. And thus, to accept each other, forgive each other, and love each other as he has us. Then the glory of Christ will shine forth from his church, and we will truly be sons of God, beloved of the Father.